the sunny bank of my home. Y'all sing it with us, yes.
of what the message is. So in Amos chapter 7, verse uh, 10, Amaziah the priest of Bethel sent to Jeroboam king of Israel, saying, Amos hath conspired against thee in the midst of the house of Israel. The land is not able to bear all his words. Now, get this. Amaziah is the priest of the house of God. Thank you, brother. <laughs> He's the priest of the house of God. And, and he is sending to the king of Israel and saying that the land is not able to bear the words of this prophet. Now, if that isn't pathetic, I don't know what is. He's the priest of the house of God. And he said, the land is not able to bear the words of Amos. And the Bible said, Amos said, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel shall surely be led away captive. Drop down to verse 12. Also Amaziah said unto Amos, O thou seer, we don't want to hear you, preacher. We don't want to hear you, prophet. Would you please go away? Would you flee away into the land of Judah? And you know, this is, there he is, and the prophet of God in Israel. Will you please, uh, this is after the split between Judah and Israel. Would you please go to Judah, eat the bread there, and prophesy there? Please go away. We don't want to hear what you've got to say. And he said in verse 13, but prophesy not again anymore at Bethel. So the priest of the house of God is telling the prophet of God, we don't want you prophesying anymore at Bethel. For it is the king's chapel, it's the king's court. My goodness, how pathetic can you get? Uh, I loved it when... Uh, uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury uh, uh, was called there to, to, the, to the palace in London and for King Henry and uh, all of his adulterous things that he did. And, uh, and he was to do the invocation and uh, read the scripture. And the scripture that he read Whoremongers, God will judge. <laughs> Amen. I mean, he got up and laid the scripture to him. And, uh, and I'm sure uh, Henry wasn't too happy with that. What do you think? Chapter 8, verse 1. The Lord God showed me a basket of summer fruit. And uh, he said, Amos, what do you see there in verse 2? And I said, a basket of summer fruit. Then said the Lord unto me, The end has come upon my people of Israel. I will not again pass by them anymore. And you think what a statement God is making. I will not pass by them anymore. In that day, verse 9, said the Lord God that I will cause the sun to go down at noon and I will darken the earth in the clear day. And I will turn your feast in the morning and all your songs in the lamentation. And I will make it as the morning of an only son and the end thereof as a bitter day. 
Boy, I'm telling you what. You understand how you will mourn for the passing of an only son. And there will be a bitter day. Verse 11. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. Here they've had the opportunity in chapter 7 to hear the word of the Lord. And they said, get out of here. We don't want to hear what you got to say. And now, and he said, they're going to run to and fro. They're going to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. Verse 13, in that day shall the fire virgins and the young men faint for thirst. I want you to know the young people in America are fainting for thirst. We have, we kick God out of our schools, our school system. Our colleges are nothing more than a den of communist indoctrination. Amen. And so we see how, how low Israel has come here. And I want to, now I want to go to 1 Samuel chapter 3. I'm, I'm going somewhere with this, Lord helping me. And uh, uh, the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. And there was no open vision. My goodness. And so when Eli laid down in his place and his eyes began to, uh, to wax dim that he could not see ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. And Samuel was laid down to sleep. And the Lord said to Samuel and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I for thou callest me. And he said, I didn't call you son. Go lay back down. And he went and laid down in verse 6. The Lord called again to Samuel. And Samuel jumped up and ran. And then verse 8, the third time, he, the Lord spoke again. And he runs to Eli again. He said, here am I. You did call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. And Eli said, go lie down. And it shall be if he called thee, thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. I beg God to deal with me, don't you? If there's anything lacking in my life, I want God to deal with me on it. Anything that's going to keep me out of heaven, I want God to deal with me. Anything that's going to cause me trouble, please, God, would you deal with me? Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Bible said the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel! Samuel! Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. I want you to know something. The greatest privilege ever afforded to you as a human being on life's rugged journey is for the Lord to come to you and speak to you. Oh my, you hearing me? The greatest privilege you ever had for God to come and speak to you and help you on your journey. And so here in Amos, 
the, the pastor of the church as expelling the prophet of God. And he said, we don't want to hear you anymore. We don't want you prophesying anymore to us. Okay? Amen. And the Bible tells us here when we read that, that God said, I won't pass by them anymore. And they're going to, they're going to be a day that they will seek the word of the Lord and they won't be able to find it. And but their children are going to die of thirst. Amen. John the 8th chapter, if you'll help me, I'm uh, trying, verse 2. Early in the morning, Jesus came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. Oh, if people would just sit down and let you teach them from the word of the Lord. And the scribes and the Pharisees, they, they brought a woman, they'd taken her in adultery, and they set her in the midst, and they said, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. And Moses in the law commanded us that she should be stoned. But what sayest thou? And they said this, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. They didn't want to know the truth. They're looking for any way they can to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down with his finger and wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. You hear me? And there it is. There it is. They are cutting themselves off from the only source of health for you in your life's journey. You hear me? They're cutting themselves off for the only help they got. And so he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. And he didn't pay any attention to them. And the Bible said, verse 7, they continued asking him. And I want you to know, when they kept on this stuff, Jesus stood up. And looked him in the eye. Oh boy. Can you imagine. Can you imagine having the anger of the Lord Jesus Christ to look at you. And he stood up and he looked at them. And you know what he did? He said. You that are without sin cast the first stone. Then he stooped back down. And started writing again the second time. And when he started writing the second time. What did he write? I think, I think he wrote exactly what they were doing. <laughs> and the Bible said they were convicted of their own conscience and they went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, and Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. And so he stood up and looked at her again. And he said, woman, where are your accusers? And she said, Lord, I have none. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Well, I want to tell you something. We can't accuse or condemn anybody. I said, we can't accuse or condemn anybody. Amen. And so, and, and as there, when they were doing their best to entrap him, and they were trying to find something to accuse him. And, uh, and, and so Jesus said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. And then the Bible said, then Jesus spake again. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Oh, how wonderful that is. 
And the Pharisees said, you are bearing a false record. Your, your record is not true. They are accusing Jesus of lying. And Jesus said, if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. And they said, who are you? And Jesus said, the same that I said to you from the beginning. And the Bible makes this statement, verse 27. They understood not. And verse 30. He spake these words, he left. He spake these words, but many believed on him. I want to preach to you tonight if the Lord would help me. On selective deafness. Selective deafness. They didn't want to hear him. Exactly as Amaziah at Bethel, the way they treated Amos, they didn't want to hear the word of the Lord. You know why? Because it was stepping on their toes. It was down where they were living. And the wrong and the sin that they were committing. But oh God, there was a child named Samuel said, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. My goodness, I'm telling you, it's wonderful. It's wonderful to know Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are the strength and the victory of our lives, that you are the help that we need. Amen. You understand, Christ truly was wonderful in the way he fulfilled the many prophecies concerning himself. In Hebrews 1, God, who at sundry times and divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, spoke to Abraham and provided a nation through which our Lord should come. He's going to be of the seed of Abraham. He's going to be the seed of Isaac. He's going to be the son of Jacob. Amen. And he brings it on down. Then he spoke to Jacob to reveal the Savior's chosen tribe of ancestry. Amen. He's going to come out of the tribe of Judah according to Genesis 49. Then he must also be a a family through the prophet Isaiah. God made known that it should be of the family of Jesse. Listen to me. And to Micah he whispered the name of the birthplace Bethlehem. Now, Brother James is a mathematician. And when you get to these things, and there, when we keep on getting these details, the probability of those being fulfilled is exponentially increased. Amen. Oh, and through Daniel, he made known the time of Jesus' birth. Daniel 9, 25. No one understand it from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks, and that equals 69 weeks. And we just got one more to go the 70th week of Daniel. And you and I are on the cusp of the 70th week of Daniel. You understand, amen. 
the media in this country is making fun of the fact that President Trump has signed a peace deal with the United Arab Emirates and with Bahrain and those other nations are ready to join on. Amen. And I want you to know and when the, what the Bible says, and when they cry what? Peace and safety. Then come a sudden destruction. Oh God, we're there. We're in that hour. Amen. And then Malachi, he spoke of the forerunner John the Baptist. In Jonah, he set forth a picture of our Lord's resurrection. Amen. When Christ came, He fulfilled to the letter all of these predictions. Truly, He is amazing and He is wonderful. But I want you to know these, those people in the, the nation of Israel, they were left destitute of the grace of God because of their rejection of the Word of God. So, Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I want us to understand. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Amen. When you try to do away with Christ, there was a man, I read this, and he said he was, he was living in Britain, and uh, he, had to, uh, he went there uh, to visit a home that one of his friends was looking to buy. And, uh, and they had an engineer there with them. And he was, the man was so struck with the beauty, especially of one of the rooms there in that house. And, uh, and he said, uh, I, I really love this. It's marvelous. But that cupboard in the corner, I'm going to take that out. Are you hearing me? He said, I'm going to take that corner cupboard out. I don't like it. It ruins the looks of this. And the engineer, he said, Amen. No, you won't. And the, the prospective buyer turned and looked at the engineer. He said, If I buy the house, it'll be mine and I can do whatever I want to with it. And he said, I'm the engineer. And I'm telling you, you cannot take that cupboard out of the corner. And he said, Is there... A covenant written in the deed that I can't do that? He said, no, sir. It's not a covenant written in the deed. But he said, I want you to understand that cupboard is the structure that's holding this house up. And you cannot take it out. And I want you to understand America... I want you to understand Church of the Living God. I want you to understand members of the Richlands Tabernacle. The thing that is holding this thing up is Jesus Christ. And we cannot remove Him. And we cannot diminish Him. And we cannot put Him aside without this whole thing collapsing down around us. I'm talking about selective. Selective deafness. We don't want to hear what you've got to say. Man, why in the world am I preaching like this? My Lord, amen. But I want us to know, amen, we, we've got to understand that Jesus Christ is the absolute Son of God. And, and you can't figure it all out. There's no, you, no need of you trying to figure out everything about the gospel, but just believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Well, I have a hard time with the virgin birth. Well, I want to tell you something. Would you go to the bees with me for a little while? In nature, it's natural for a sperm cell to unite with an egg to form a new individual, right? 
Amen. But among bees, that this only applies to the development of the females. Amen. The male, the drone bees hatch from eggs laid from the queen that have never been fertilized. Amen. Drones have no father. This phenomenon is called parthenogenesis. Amen. In science, it's unexplainable, only observable, sis. Hallelujah. Amen. I want you to know Jesus Christ is absolutely the Son of God, born of a virgin, and we believe that and accept that. That is the foundational truth of the gospel. Oh, God. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. No, you're not going to walk in darkness. If you accept me, you can have the light of life. Amen. And they begin to call him a liar. Amen. Let's read on down. Verse 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue my word... Then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I, want, I, I get so tickled at these people. They're running around. They're trying to, uh, to excuse themselves for the way they're living and the way they're doing. And they say that we're under bondage. I want to tell you something. I'm not under bondage. I live a free and happy life. Jesus Christ has set me free. He has washed me in His blood. And I am not a slave to the world, nor Satan, nor sin. I have been set free by Jesus Christ. How about you? Oh, yes. Amen. And so Jesus said, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, he said in verse 40, You seek to kill me. A man hath told you the truth which I have heard of God. How many prophets have we read in the Bible that the people sought to kill the preacher? When he got down to where they were, when they didn't like what he was saying, they would try to kill him. And and Jesus said, now you seek to kill me. A man has told you the truth, the truth which I have heard of God. And Jesus said to them, if God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. And then verse 43 Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. Selective deafness. Amen. They can hear everything they want to hear. But Jesus said, why do you not understand my speech? Because you cannot hear my word. John chapter 10. If you'll go with me there, please. John chapter 10, verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and he leadeth them out. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not. What things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them, Again, verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. I am the door, verse 9. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. I'm telling you what. If you want to get out there outside and try to come in any other way, 
If you try to come through the windows, I'm telling you, those windows are really thick. And you're going to be beating your head against something hard. And you're going to suffer from it. You can maybe say, well, I can beat my head against that tin and come on through. But there's a brick wall and there's a stud wall there. And there's insulation and you cannot get in. You, if you want to get in this place, you've got to come through the door. And if you want to go to heaven, you've got to go through the door. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only way to heaven. I'm preaching to somebody tonight that you need to let go of all of your ideas and get a hold of the old rugged cross. And I submit and surrender my thoughts, my will to Jesus Christ. And I accept you by faith as the only begotten Son of God. Oh, yes. And so... Jesus said, I am the door. And any man, if you want to enter in, you can come in. And guess what? You can be saved. Verse 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. And then Jesus makes this statement about himself again. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, verse 14. Again, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. The Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. My goodness, how plain is that? But they had selective deafness. Because the Bible said, oh, listen. The Bible said in verse 19, there was a division among them. Again, among the Jews for these sayings. And many of them said, He has a devil and he's crazy. He's mad. He's crazy. And they asked, Why are you won't even hear him? And others said, These are not the words of him that hath a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? Can the devil... Raise the dead? Can a devil? No, no. Then came the Jews round about him. Boy, have you ever seen people upset and gathered around somebody? Ooh, the Jews gathered around him. Oh, my. Man, I'm telling you what. Amen. They gathered around and said, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered I told you, and you didn't believe me. Selective deafness. They hearing what they want to hear and they're not listening. Oh, amen, amen. You know that song, Jesus, Lover of My Soul? Charles Wesley wrote that. I'll, and let me tell you, back up and tell you the whole story. Charles Wesley, he was conducting an open-air meeting like he, he and his brother did at Killy Lee, Ireland. And during his preaching... A bunch of the people got angry about what he was saying. And so they assaulted him. And, uh, and, and so they gathered around him. And unable to withstand the mob, he took off running. He was running for his life. And, uh, and he took refuge at a farmhouse nearby. And the woman's name there was Jane Moore. And, uh, and so she was a kind-hearted wife of a farmer. And so... She hid him. Amen. He come running. Help me, help me, help me. He's painting and running for his life. Amen. And she hid him in the milk house. 
We call it the dairy. Amen. We, had dairy, we have dairies around here, don't we? She hid him in the milk house. Amen. And just barely in time, because all, all of his assailants, they came in. And so she was trying to delay them, and she offered them, uh, can I get you something to drink? You guys have been, obviously you've been running, you're thirsty. Let me fix you something to drink. And, uh, and so she said, well, I'll need to go to the milk house uh, to get you something there. I'll be right back. I'll just sit down, take it easy, cool off. Amen. You, you're really exasperated. Come on, sit down here and cool off. And so she went to the milk house, and she said, Mr. Wesley, if you want to be alive in the morning, you got to climb out that window and get out of here and hide because they are going to kill you. And so he climbed out of the window and he took off running and there was a little branch there and a creek there and there were some bushes growing over the edge of the creek and he got down under those bushes and laid down there. Amen. And, and there he found a safe place of reprieve. And while he was waiting on those guys to take off and search for him someplace else, Wesley pulled out a little piece of paper, and there he wrote, Jesus, lover of my soul. Oh, amen. The world may hate you, preacher, for preaching righteousness, but he wrote, Jesus, lover of my soul. Amen. Oh, if there is anything in Christian experience of joy and sorrow, of affliction and prosperity, of life and death, that hymn truly is the hymn of all the ages. Jesus, lover of my soul. Amen. Can you know this night that Jesus is the lover of your soul? My yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Jesus. And so, there the division is. We, we, we're not going to hear you. Amen. And if you are the Christ, tell us plainly. I've told you and you won't believe me. Amen. Oh, because what? You are not my sheep. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither any man pluck them out of my hand. Oh, thank you, Lord. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Same things happened to Charles Wesley. Don't be surprised if it doesn't happen to me and you in this hour. Hello, brothers and sisters. You know there are people who vehemently hate righteousness in this country anymore. Amen. Oh, God. Amen. And so the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Amen. Why are you stoning me? Amen. And they said, we're stoning you for blasphemy. That's what. You're just a man. And you're making yourself God. And verse 36. Say of him whom the Father hath sanctified and sent into the world. Thou blasphemest. Because I said, I am the Son of God. Oh, I want to tell you what. If you talking about causing these guys' claws to come out. You ever seen a cat with its, uh, with its foot down? And then all of a sudden it gets upset. I mean, he can do something there. I mean, those claws that didn't look on him like they've got any. But I'm telling you what. When the, when the cat gets ready, he can put those claws out there. Woo! 
And when Jesus said, I am the Son of God, I mean, you should have heard the hissing. You should have seen the claws are coming out. They were ready to go for the juggler. Uh, are you hearing me? They were ready to go for the juggler with Jesus. Oh, I want to tell you something tonight. You can base any religion and any person's religiosity on one thing, how they feel about Jesus. I want you to know one thing. The devils hate these words. You understand? The Jehovah Witnesses don't believe Jesus is the Son of God. You hear me? So you can be all the Jehovah Witness all you want to be, but they do not believe that Jesus is the Son of God. we got to come back here to this basic premise. You cannot take that cupboard out of the corner because when you do the whole house will collapse. It is the foundational part of this building. Oh, God, and we've got to have Jesus. I'm talking about selective deafness. Amen. My goodness, and so the devils hate it. Oh, you, if you want to get a Mohammedan upset, if you want to get a Muslim upset, oh, you say that Jesus is the Son of God. Man, say not, say not that God has a son. Amen. Yes, he does. His name is Jesus. Well, I'll never forget my, I just got saved in 1969. I was 18 years old. I was with Dad in Israel. And uh, we, our tour guide was a guy named Joseph, a Jew. And, uh, and so after several days there, Dad, you know, felt more comfortable talking to him. And, and Dad said, Joseph, what do you think about Jesus? And he said, oh, he was a good man. And he was a prophet. And Dad said, you are mighty right, Joseph. And more than that, he was the son of God. Whoa. Man, the claws come out. I mean, the hackles come up. Amen. The fur was risen. Oh, and Joseph didn't like that. And he wasn't friendly with Dad and us anymore the rest of the trip. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Amen. We don't like what you're preaching. Amen. Amaziah, they're the priest at Bethel. Amen. We can't hear your words. We can't take listening to you anymore. I want to tell you something. If the Bible says it, it's right. And the Bible doesn't say it, it doesn't say it. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Oh, man, I'm trying my best to help you tonight. I'm going to try to close here. Amen. And so, I am the Son of God. Man, they don't like that. And if I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though ye believe me not, believe the works that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Therefore they sought again to take him, but he escaped out of their hand. They're standing right there in front of him. It's so amazing. You ever read, you ever, I, I get so amazed there when they were going to throw him over the brow of the cliff there in his hometown. And, and, and they were all grabbing for him. They all had him and all of a sudden he's gone. And, and so here they, they, they got ready. They, they, they grab him. Amen. And, and, and when, when they get through grabbing him, they're standing there holding one another. 
Jesus is gone. And he went to Galilee. He went up there. Amen. And the Bible said he went away beyond Jordan and there he abode. Amen. You can't do anything with the Lord. And you're grabbing at nothing but air when you try to think you can attack Jesus Christ. The most foolish thing you ever did is you tried to declare that Jesus Christ is not the righteous, eternal Son of God. Amen. But you know what? When they, when they run him off there from Jerusalem, the Bible said in verse 41, Many resorted unto him and said, John did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this man were true. And the Bible said in verse 42, and many believed on him there. Glory to God. I want to be a real believer, don't you? Glory to God. I want to be a real believer. Oh, amen. Jesus, Savior, pilot me. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. Amen. You understand? Hooper lived in a, a, a village there next to the ocean and he wrote a, a song amen and he wrote that song Jesus Savior pilot me my goodness and, uh, and they, they asked him and he wrote it anonymously and they asked him said uh, would you write a poem for us there and the sailors did and he said yes and he got up and it would become a famous song but then Jesus Savior pilot me and, uh, and he stood up and read that song. And he said, and they said, we ask you to write us a, a song yourself. And he said, I am the author of this. <laughs> Amen. I am the author. Amen. Oh, God. And you know what? Several years later, Amen. They found Edward Hooper dead there in his chair. Amen. He was writing the third stanza for that song. And they found him dead sitting in his study chair with his pencil in his hand while writing a new thing. Oh, glory to God. I'm telling you what. Jesus, lover my soul. Jesus, the pilot of my ship. You're not going to get anywhere without Jesus being your help. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. I, I thought there was a, a, they said there was a, a very wealthy executive there in St. Louis. He had a, 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 an advanced degree uh, from Harvard and Yale. And, uh, and he was one of the main guys there uh, in St. Louis, head of a corporation. And you know what he did? Every day he went down on the street and helped the newsboy sell newspapers. Running around, hey, hey, hear the latest news. Bond paper here, hear the latest news. And he said, you know what? I do that. He said, because I want to get down there where these young men are. I want to understand what it's like for them to be out there on the street trying to make a living. I want to understand their heartaches, their pain, their suffering, the things that they're going through. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, does that sound like somebody that you know? His name is Jesus. He came. He took upon him the form of flesh. He came in the world. Oh, and he died for us. And what a wonderful friend who helps us sell newspapers whatever you're doing he helps you do it if you're canning beans if you're driving nails if you're sticking needles in people amen he helps you do it thank you Lord thank you Lord 
Oh, God. Amen. The best diagnosis for Christmas ever given by a doctor was given 1,900 years ago. His name was Dr. Luke. Amen. In the second chapter of Luke, this is what he, he when he wrote that inspired words, uh, he said, I have the message. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Hallelujah. I've got good news for you. We're not hard at the Christmas season, but it's good news for you whatever day of the year it is. Amen. Unto you is born in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Unto you, number one, that means He's your personal Savior. Oh, you understand, uh, Islam preaches that God is unknown and unknowable. My, and millions of people in Iran, they have lost faith in Islam. And they're coming to faith in Jesus Christ because they found that they can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you want one, you can obtain a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Come on, get in the, down on your knees and say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and you are the Savior of the world. And you come and die just for me will you please be my savior today and he'll do that unto you that is he's your personal savior and he said and this day this day in the city of David you know what that means that is present he is a present help in the time of need he'll come to you and help you and lift you up he is our present help and he is the problem solver this day a man is in the city of David is born a savior a savior that is precious glory to God we have a precious personal present savior to help us Amen. I'm getting ready to close here, but I need y'all to help me. If you'll turn to Revelation chapter 2. Amen. Amen. And when I say, he that hath an ear, I want y'all to, will you stand with me? I'm getting ready to close. When I say, when I read, he that hath an ear, I want you to say with as loud as you can, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Okay? Will y'all do that? So when I, when I read our Revelation, I'm going to start at verse 7. He that hath an ear, then I want you to just let it roll. Let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Revelation 2 and 7. He that hath an ear. All right. This is what the Spirit's got to say. To him that overcometh will I give To eat of the tree of life. Hallelujah. That's a wonderful Savior, isn't it? If you overcome, He's going to give you to eat of the tree of life. Amen. Verse 11. He that hath an ear. All right. This is what the Spirit says to the church. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Oh, what a glorious promise. That's a wonderful Savior. Amen. Let me read another one here. Verse 17. He that hath an ear. All right. 
the Spirit says, I will give you to eat of the hidden manna. Are you, oh glory, I'm going to give you a white stone. I'm going to give you a new name. Hallelujah. Your family may have disgraced your name, but I'm telling you what. He said, I'm going to let you eat of the hidden manna. I'm going to give you a white stone. I'm going to give you a new name. Verse 29. He that hath an ear. Let's back up to verse 28 and it tells us what the Spirit's got to say to the church. I will give him the morning star. The morning star that will lead you and guide you. Oh, what a wonderful Savior. I don't want to have that selective deafness. I want to hear what the Spirit's got to say to me. I want to hear the word of the Lord. I want His blessings resting on me. Amen. Revelation chapter 3 verse 6. He that hath an ear. Alright, the Spirit says you get to be clothed in white raiment. Amen. And He said, I'll not blot your name out of the book of life, but I will confess your name before my Father. Hallelujah! What a blessing to know that He was going to clothe me in white raiment. He's not going to blot my name out of the book of life. And I will be confessed by Jesus Christ before His heavenly Father and my heavenly Father. What a blessing. What a blessing. Amen. Let's drop down to verse 13. He that hath an ear. Oh, I'm going to make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Well, that's that guy was going to tear that, that cabinet, that corner cabinet out. But it was the structural support for that house. It was the main structural support. I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. You're gonna, you won't go out. You're not going to be out in the cold anymore. I'm going to write on him the name of my God. My goodness. Verse 22. He that hath an ear. Now it's back up to verse 21. I'm going to he I'm going to allow you to sit with me in my throne. My, did you hear what he just said? I'm going to allow you to sit with me in my throne. Man, I don't want any selective deafness. Whatever the word of the Lord says, that's what I'm going to do. Whatever's right, that's what I want to hear. You get to sit with me in my throne as I have overcome and sat down with my Father in His throne. My goodness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Hey, Brother Grant, would you come up here? Can you come up here for me for just a minute? You're such a pretty boy. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, sissy. You come with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on over here, Brother Grant. Come on over here.
up here and sit on my lap and I'll just give you a piece of bubble gum. Yeah. I'm not going to just give you a piece. I'm going to give you a whole handful. Hallelujah. You got pockets there? We'll fill your pockets full. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what he said. He that overcome. I let him sit with me in my throne. Oh, I sat on the lap of Jesus any day of the week and twice on Sunday. How about you? Hallelujah. I have the blessing of the Lord resting on me. Thank you, brother. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, church of the living God. I don't want any selective deafness going on in my life. He that hath an ear. I pray, God, that we will allow the Lord to speak to us. Amen. I'm sorry for preaching so long, but I'm not sorry for a word that I said. Hallelujah. Come on, let's gather around these altars. Y'all come on to the music every how you want. Hallelujah. Glory to God.
Him and live. He alone can give me life. Gladly he will give us 